Well, we are in the third and final week in this short little series on uh, technology use within your own home, or we could just say it, technology use for the Christian. And um, last week we had trouble with their technology, and so this week we're using the exact same connection, but we're doing it from a different computer, and maybe that will change things, but it will mean I have to turn around a bunch, which is what I was trying to avoid, but um, that's all right. So, um, well, uh, I don't know about you, but in a topic as large as this with a audience as diverse as this, um, if you were to try to teach on this, uh, where might you begin and where might you end? That has been the question on my mind. Um, you know, we have people in here who have never lived life without the internet. We have people here who, um, who still remember when Netflix was a DVD you got sent to you in the mail. We've got people who use dial-up, you know, extensively for most of their working life. People who carry phones with them all the time and people who never have their phone on them and don't care. We've got just such a huge variety of differences. We have people who, you know, your biggest struggle is just uh, constant inundation with social media. And others of you who are like, if I have a social media account, it is news to me. So how, how do we speak to this kind of a topic in a way that's helpful to everyone? Well, what I've tried to do is to really give you a couple of principles that you can then apply. And like I mentioned earlier, my goal is that you, yourself, with an open Bible and through prayer, come up with just a plan. I think that's often what we're lacking, isn't it? doesn't matter how experienced or inexperienced you are with technology, most of us just kind of do whatever happens naturally. And that actually is the danger point. Um, and so what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to spend some time um, prayerfully thinking through this. And like I did last week, I'll have some suggestions of specifics, but uh, I'm trying to kind of hit the broadest swath of people, and you might find yourself outside of some of those suggestions, and that's okay. Um, the important thing is that you spend some time really praying through these things um, and making a plan. Why don't we start with a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll jump right in. God, thank you so much for your kindness to us and all the modern advances we have. Thank you for the opportunities those things give us. Thank you that we have um, not only the, the responsibility, but also um, the privilege of stewarding, stewarding these things uh, with your help. I pray that you would help us uh, today to be thoughtful um, families, to be thoughtful individuals, that we together as a church um, would um, be purposeful in the way that we approach um, these technological advances. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, there's a, a silly story told about some fish who talk, all right? This is not Finding Dory or any of those shows. But there's two little fish, and they're swimming along in the water, and an older, wiser fish swims by them. And he, as he passes them, he hollers back at them, Hey, how's the water, boys? And the two fish turn around and they say, what's water? All right? That is often how technology affects our lives. We just don't see where it touches and where it doesn't. And this whole uh, series has really been an opportunity for us to say, let's look at the water. That's all I'm trying to get you to do. Um, the thing is, is water isn't just neutral sitting around us. What I've been saying from the beginning is the technology we have today is different in a lot of different ways, but one of the ways it's most different is that it's constantly being manipulated and tweaked and pushed by real people. And people have agendas. People have things they want you to think and believe and um, express and feel. And so all the technology we experience, not only are we in it all the time, and it's hard for us to stop and actually see it, but it's also something with a current. So maybe the better question for the, the older fish to ask if this was a technology was, how do you like where the current has taken you? And the boys would say, where is it taking us? All right, that's really what I'm trying to get us to do, is to say, what, what forces are pushing on us individually? And for you, it's going to be different than it is for me. 
But technology itself today isn't neutral. It's unique in that kind of thing. Tools we've had in the past, like we talked about that first week, they were tools that you could use poorly or well, but there was nobody behind them constantly crafting them. That's one of the major differences in the technology we have today. Whether you're listening to talk radio or news or whether you're involved in social media or whether you're just browsing the internet, everything is always trying to pull for your attention, get you to think certain things, believe certain things. Megan was just telling me the other day about a book that um, she had heard about, and it was this cute little story and, uh, about these two crayons, I think. But when you started thinking about what it was teaching, it was actually trying to actually promote the transgender movement. And here she's like, well, you know, I would have had no clue. I wouldn't have thought about that. But that just is an example, and that's not even in the tech sphere. Just people, anytime people are involved, they're always trying to get you to think and feel certain things, right? So what I'm trying to get us to do is to actually take some time to intentionally look at our use of technology. That alone really would be a win. Now, my, my goal as I've gone along is essentially this. Oh, that was for Pastor Greg. Did that work? Oh. It didn't work, did it? I was... The first time I got him to laugh, this time I forgot to get him to look up first. Um, this is really what I'm trying to get us to do, is to have a Bible-saturated commitment to build a Christ-centered home with technology in its proper place. I, the, the goal, like we ended last week, is really to have the kind of a home that you want to protect and cherish, and you're moving somewhere with your home, with your life. That you, as you, as you look at your own experiences, your, where you place your time, you say, you know what, we're actually going for something, and now you're in a good spot to then ask, how can technology help or hurt this? So that's some of what we've talked about so far, and I've really focused in so far just on two, um, two principles. We'll get to that in a second. But really what this kind of a thinking changes us to be is what I'm really asking is that we're purposeful in our use of technology. That requires some thought and planning, and that we're principalized rather than just uh, per the moment. Um, like, we, like I talked about last week, it's very easy, especially in the tech world, to just kind of do whatever comes naturally in the moment, whether it's like, should I watch this next one? Sure. Where what we really need is to have some plans and some principles that can guide us in those moments so that we're not having to make those decisions um, in the moment like that. The nice thing is what I, what I hope I've communicated is that you don't have to be an expert on tech to think through these things biblically. You don't have to know every single app that's ever coming along. What you really need is a general principle plan that you can then plug in all the new things that are constantly changing into. What we often lack, though, is that framework. And so we're having to, on each instance, basically start all over. What I'm encouraging is if you have a more principalized approach, that you don't have to be an expert at every single app or every single thing that comes along. You really have to have something that's biblically founded, that's rooted, and that's part of your family structure, part of your own heart structure, that then you can just plug the new things into and decide based off that. So far, we've talked about two principles. The first was that you create a home full of confession and forgiveness. And I mentioned that because technology especially is always pushing us and pulling us certain ways because there's people behind it, we're going to have instances where we fall. And so what you really need is a home that's open to this kind of confession and forgiveness. And then secondly, to safeguard against your own heart. I did talk some about um, some filters and things like that you can set up. Um, I'll just encourage you to look at that page if you're interested in knowing that, and I'll add a couple more things to that this week as well. Um, of things, whether that's like a Wi-Fi network thing, so anybody gets on your Wi-Fi, you have some control over what they're viewing or seeing, or whether it's something device-specific. Um, or it can just be a way for you to lock down how much time you use. I also have some articles up there, and I have a book that I'll try to make sure I mention at the end that I think is especially helpful when it comes to um, that. But rather than talking you through DNS, 
rain of filter things that, that doesn't even make sense. But my point is, rather than talking through a bunch of stuff, I'll let you look at that. Today, I want to just cover two other principles. And I think with these four, this at least gives you a starting point to develop a plan. And that's really what I'm advocating for, like I've been saying all along. Um, before we move on to anything else, though, anything that we've covered so far that you felt like um, was helpful for you or things that you said, hey, I kind of have a question about this, anything you want to say? Last week, because of the whole tech thing, it kind of derailed a lot of that interaction that I planned on. Um, so uh, anything that you say, hey, I, I have a question about this, or I thought about this, or this was helpful, or I stumbled across this resource, anything like that that you want to add before we move on today? I know I kind of sprung that at you. But. Yeah, Joe? Yeah, so it really what I, like, what, like I said at the beginning here, what I'm trying to get is for us as individuals, as families, and you know, collectively as a church, for us to actually approach that question. Because that really is what drives what we're moving for, and it's going to be how we, that answer is going to be how we apply these kinds of things. So I think that is an important topic, and I think it is something we need to flesh out, but it would probably take us the three weeks to say, like, what should a Christian home be going for? Whereas what I was trying to do is to get us to think, think about that, and then um, I just don't, haven't felt like I've had time to come back to that. But that is the central question, and that's why this thing, that I want you to build a Christ-centered home, and that's what I'm asking us to actually spend time doing um, with our, ourselves or with our spouses, with our families. What is a Christ-centered home, and what should that be? What are the characteristics we want to be part of our home? Then we're prepared to ask the question, how, should, how can tech help or hurt that? Whereas if we ask the question about tech first, we've kind of missed the boat because where are we going for? What are we trying to mitigate against? So I don't know I haven't fleshed that out intentionally because I want you to, but yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that at least started the conversation. But yeah, that is kind of the central starting point, at least what I've been trying to communicate. Anything else? All right, well, get ready. Uh, if you have other things to say as we move throughout, I'm going to be asking a couple other questions. But the third thing, so we've talked about creating a home full confession of forgiveness and safeguarding against your own heart. Mostly they're talking about setting up some filters, um, providing uh, accountability for yourself. This third principle that I'd like to encourage you with is to rule technology purposefully or prayerfully and purposefully. And I want to zero in on that word rule, by which I mean uh, what we need to do is really be intentional on how we're planning to use things. This gets back to that planning concept, that planning idea. There's a, um, a verse in 1 Corinthians. Um, Paul's talking about quoting, actually, the Corinthians themselves. In 1 Corinthians 6, he says, all things are lawful for me. This is what the Corinthians would have been saying. But he says, not all things are helpful. They'd say, again, all things are lawful for me. And he says, but I will not be dominated by anything. And this whole section, they're here arguing about certain rules and regulations. What Paul's trying to get them to do is to really set themselves under Christ, first of all, and not let other things control the way that they move uh, through this life. I think that's really probably the primary danger of today's technology as, as opposed to other technology in the past. And that is that it has an agenda, and if you don't, then you're being carried by it. So that's what I'm trying to get us to think through, and that's really what this, uh, the intention of this principle is, is to focus in on that ruling power. So the question is, how can you rule your devices? All right, how can you rule de your devices? And I'm going to encourage at least a starting point and this is how I would apply this principle in our own home, at least a starting point. First of all, schedule time 
for entertainment. Now, some of you are very calendar focused. Some of you are like, I hate calendars and planning and all that. So uh, again, I will let you do what you want with this. The point is this, that when we fail to plan for these kinds of things, they end up taking over our lives. And much of our technology comes to us in the form of entertainment. Think about the common ways you used your devices, your computers, your TVs, your radios, all that kind of stuff this last week. Most of that, I think we could classify underneath entertainment. Not all of it. Obviously, if you work primarily on a computer, then a lot of your day is spent on that. Hopefully, it's not just NCA brackets hidden when the boss comes by, but scheduling time for entertainment. In a book um, that I've mentioned before and that I'll recommend again at the end, it's called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Um, he says this, the most powerful choices we make in our lives are not about specific design decisions or specific decisions, but about patterns of life, the nudges and disciplines that will shape all our other choices. And these kinds of nudges is what technology is basically made up of today. These little subtle pushes towards using things a certain way or believing certain things. So I want to encourage us to actually just schedule time. Just plan out, I'm going to use this amount of my time. Now you might say, well, that seems a little bit overkill. <laughs> Um, ruling my devices like that. I have to have a calendar, like in our family living room, it's like six to seven, you're allowed to watch TV. After that, you're not, like, I'm an adult, uh, I'll do what I want. Um, here's, here's my plea. As Christians, we know what God is doing in this world. We have, our time, in a sense, has a special value to it, because we're not just serving ourselves or even our communities, we're really trying to serve God with the life he's given us. And what is our life but the time we have? So if anyone should be purposeful and intentional about the time you choose to use, it should be Christians, right? But so many times, the thing that really pulls us when it comes to massive amounts of time is exactly this. It's just the tech that's around us. It's just constantly nudging us and pulling us. So the nice thing is if you have principles like this that you put in place in your own home, it makes, very, it, makes it very easy for you, especially if you're a parent, to make decisions and even to make them with your kids. I mentioned this last week, but let's say you have this principle in your home that your kids know. We plan entertainment, and we don't entertain ourselves outside of those planned times. Well, that's a pretty easy thing for even a three- or four-year-old to understand. And so you can sit the kid down, and they say, I want to watch another show. And you say, well, what's, what's the thing that we came up with as a family? Well, we always plan when we watch TV or when we whatever. Okay, well, what do you think we should do then? Well, we probably shouldn't watch TV. Perfect. All right, so you're actually setting up principles in place Rather than just arbitrarily deciding in the moment, do I feel like spending time with my kid right now, or do I need to really work on this meal right now, or really do I need to go outside on something, so yeah, go ahead and watch another show. That's the trap of this kind of thing, is it just very easily starts to take over lives. I was talking with a friend the other day, and he said, you know, I was visiting an old college buddy and his wife, and I realized that every single night, they'd eat their food, they put their kid down, and they just sat down with me, and we watched TV for like four hours a night. And he's like, it was driving me insane. And it wasn't like they had planned on it. They were like, what do you want to do? Ah, let's just watch TV. And that's what they did every single night. Now, again, for you, it may not be TV. It may not be that exact pull or push. But you can see how easy technology itself just creeps into our lives and takes over all the empty space. I think one of the things that is kind of important when it comes to this whole thing of scheduling time is that oftentimes we turn to entertainment for rest. Right? Is that true that people say, hey, I need a break, so I'm going to watch this show, right? All right now, let's just brainstorm for just two seconds. Is that kind of entertainment always restful, like refreshing? When you finish a Netflix show, are you refreshed? 
Maybe. Maybe not. I was talking with Pastor Greg this morning about a hyped-up uh, American TV show where it's like it can be like baking, and they're like, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to drop the plate? I'm like, calm down. Like, the guy's just putting a plate in the, you know, the oven. But uh, oftentimes, that's our entertainment. We can spend hours being refreshed by entertainment, and we end up tireder than when we started. A lot of this planning then really is if you need rest, then plan for something that's restful. It could be a TV show. It could be something like that. But it may not be. It may actually be just sitting on your porch. It may be reading. It may be going on a short walk. These are the kinds of things that technology just takes over and can take out altogether. It may be that as you look back, you said, you know what? The only thing I've done for rest in the last month is basically watch a show. I guess that wasn't super restful. And this is the kind of thoughtlessness that's so easy to creep in in this area of our lives. Um, Secondly, uh, under here, I just want to, oh, I guess I had them, I had another quotation, I forgot. Um, about this, <laughs> um, the, Barna did a study in 2016 that uh, Andy Crouch quotes in his book. He says, in what ways has technology made life more difficult for you? And 42% of people say, I just waste a lot of time or I'm super distracted. And this is the whole point, is that it's very easy for us just to mindlessly follow the prompts of tech. And uh, you might see some of those things up there that you connect with. All right, secondly, Andrew here, I want you to check your ability to go without. Part of knowing whether or not you're ruled by something is to see if you don't need it. All right, now, how many of you um, enjoy coffee? All right, anybody? All right, my hand is up. I definitely enjoy coffee. Um, one of the dangers, one of the real dangers of coffee is that people can genuinely get to the point where they have to have it, right? And I'm not going to ask for another show of hands. <laughs> I will say that one of the things I've tried to do, as a lot of you know, I, I do enjoy coffee, is I try to go a, a week, a month without anything and just to make sure that I don't need it. Because I don't want to need it, right? Um, when we first got married, hopefully Megan doesn't too much mind me telling this, but um, Megan, do you mind me? I'm just teasing. It's too late now. Um, when we first got married, Megan came from a home uh, where they drink a lot of coffee, all right? Her parents still six or seven cups easily. All right. What? Not now. Yeah. <laughs> but she came from a home like that, all right? So... When we got married, it, was, it became very evident to both of us that she's like, I need my coffee. So Megan was like, I'm going to just go without it. So she got herself to the point where she didn't need it anymore. And for years, she never had anything because she didn't want to be ruled by coffee, right? Um, I take a week off. I try to take a week off a month. This is a week I'm taking off coffee um, just because I don't want to need it, right? Um, this is, it's very easy to say, like, I could go without it. And maybe you've had people tell you that. I don't need this. I just enjoy it. And you're like, Prove it, all right? Go a week off, right? That's what I'm encouraging you to do, to actually have plans where you say, hey, I want to check my heart when it comes to technology. I mentioned last week, it's very easy to go to the, your, an app on your phone. You just move your apps around. You're going to the same thing every time. Or maybe you open an app, you close the app, and you open it right again. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was just looking at this. This is a sign that you might need to take. Just say, hey, I'm going to take Saturdays, and I'm not going to look at my phone at all. I'm going to actually turn my phone off. Most of us don't have jobs that require that kind of attention, right? Most of us could do that. Now, some of you say, like, my whole livelihood depends on that. I can't. But what I'd encourage you with is to actually check whether you can go without. Um, Andy Crouch, in, in his book, like I mentioned earlier, he recommends that he, he, they take, he basically puts his phones, or he wakes up before he wakes his phone up, and he puts his phone to bed before he goes to bed, by which he means he doesn't, go to, he doesn't wake up with his phone, he doesn't go to bed with his phone. Again, for some of you, you'd say, like, I would never do that anyhow. But for a lot of us, that's our norm, right? And you can easily get sucked into something until 1, 2, 3 a.m. 
because your mind's just spinning on something that you've been looking at right before you went to bed. So I'd encourage you to check your ability to go without. And then lastly, and this goes along the same lines, but establish some no tech times. If you say, hey, we want to have a home where we actually invest in each other personally. Well, then you need to set up some times where it makes that easy, right? Maybe for you, that's saying we're going to have a no phones at the table policy. Or maybe for you, you say, hey, you know what? We're going to do that exact thing where we, we put our phones or we, we leave our phones all in the kitchen together and we go down after we wake up and go get them. And then we put them down at 8, 8 p.m. and they're down for the night, right? And then we get them the next morning. But my whole point is that you plan how you use it. The default is this. It's always with you, always on you, always digging all the time. Surely that can't be right for most of us, right? Um, one area here that I think is especially a detriment to a lot of us is notifications. I'm probably hyper um, sensitive to this, but I just, I'm not that important, all right? I don't need to have my phone dinging me, and I don't need this thing telling me when I need to interact with it. So just try for a second. Say, I'm going to turn off my email notifications, and I'll check it three times a day. Some of you might have jobs where it's that important that you have to be on every three seconds, but most of us don't, right? You don't need notifications for every app. That's the default. Those are the nudges, right? So we need to be purposeful in how we use our time, so establishing these kinds of no-tech times. Anything in this category that you say, you know what, this has been particularly helpful for us when it comes to ruling the way we use our devices, whether it's phones and computers or TVs, anything you could say, this, would be, this is, was especially helpful for our family. Anything in this category or just for you personally? Anybody want to get a testimony about a time you went off coffee? Just easy. Pastor Greg. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else resonate with that? That when you find yourself constantly looking at your phone, you realize your mind is a little too anxious about whatever happens to be work or it could be something completely different. Good. Anything else you've seen that's been helpful for you in this when it comes to ruling your, your technology, being the one over it rather than it being over you? Choosing your nudges, yeah. Anything else in this category you found has been helpful for you?
Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you can actually increase the value of certain things when you make them not all the time. <laughs> if everyone's special, no one's special, something like that, right? Yeah. Good. Um, I think we all feel the pull of these kinds of things, right? The problem is, if you don't give thought to this, you are carried by the current. That's just the way it is. And it doesn't have to be a phone, or it doesn't have to be Netflix. It doesn't have to be TV. It can be simply noticing that your instinct is to respond immediately with your, from your political position, or to think like, oh, I can't wait till I see this talk show host talk about this. That should be a sign to you. I'm, my mind is so dominated by the way that these people think, this group thinks, that my initial thought is that maybe for you instead, it's like, I'm experiencing this. How can I capture this in a way so I can share it later? Maybe you've seen that there was a, a, a photo that went around a few years back where there was, I think it was like the queen was coming by in England. and Everybody had all their phones out and all this stuff, and there was just one lady in the middle just watching it and enjoying it. And one of the things I've tried to do in this area of ruling my technology is like, of course, I want to get photos and videos of my kids. But what I'll do is I just hold them right here, and then I just watch my kids. I'm like, I'm sure I'll capture good enough. I don't need like high quality camera footage, like angles. I just want to be able to remember it later because I have no memory. But I want to at least watch them now and enjoy it. So I'll just put my phone here and take a video and then enjoy whatever they're doing, rather than seeing everything through a viewfinder once and then every other time in the future too. So it can just be little things like that where you realize that your, your phones, your technology, it just, it's telling you how to use it. And if you're not intentional in it, it rules you. It ends up basically telling you how to think and move and feel and how to spend your time. So really what I'm trying to get us to do is to be purposeful in this. All right, lastly is the area I mentioned I wanted to get to, which is using technology to extend your family's mission or however you may want to say this, but getting back to the point Joe brought up. Whatever you're going for as a family and as a Christian family, we've talked about some of those things that first week, some of the characteristics of that Christian home, technology is a huge benefit to it. Um, I think that's, it's so easy for us to focus on the negative when it comes to tech, and so far we've done most of that this time, because we inherently realize the dangers, not just on uh, our own morality, but probably even more importantly on our time. It just takes everything you have, and it will ask for a little bit more. But technology has a huge advantage in the way that it gives us new opportunities. And Christians have always, always done this. So use the technology to share the gospel. And one of the things when you look back at the history of the church is it's often Christians who are the first to adapt new technologies. I think Pastor Greg and I were talking about this not too long ago about C.H. Spurgeon. That he probably wasn't the best speaker ever, but what made him so popular and what made the gospel spread so much through him was the fact that he actually adapted to the new technology quicker than a lot of the, his contemporaries secular or otherwise. Or you think about somebody like Billy Graham, who used technology in an, an amazing way to, uh, to spread the gospel all throughout this country especially. Um, what we've tried to do in Seagull Lily is try to use technology to create this kind of new experience of like a, an actual slide deck that you can go through with your friend. You've got video training that teaches you through this. What we've tried to do is say, how can we use tech in a way that actually enhances the gospel message? So I want to ask you to actually give some thought to the interactions you have with people to share the gospel. How might you use technology that God's given you? In other words, maybe another way to ask it negatively is by not using technology to its fullest, what opportunities are you missing out on when it comes to sharing the gospel? Now, I'm not one who thinks that social media is particularly a great place to talk about serious things because it's mostly for entertainment. But 
I have, like you have, probably seen some people use social media itself to an amazing effect to actually share the gospel, to have gospel conversations with people. So I want to encourage you to use technology to share the gospel. I'm going to ask for some of your um, suggestions here too as we, as we kind of get to the close. Secondly, I want to encourage you to use technology to bring you together as a family. That is one of the joys of um, today is that a lot of the fun things, the really fun experiences we can have can be enhanced by technology. Like I said, whether it's just capturing a moment, like I mentioned a second ago, just watching my kids walk around and be able to see that again and again. Megan and I, it's, it's multiple times a week we get those little like last year at this time photo things or whatever suggestions on our phones. And we'll just look through old videos and phones. And what it does is, or old videos and, and video, videos and pictures, what it does is it actually brings us closer together. Like we immediately are like, I can't wait till the kids get up. We just want to go hug them. Because that technology actually brought us together. And if you're intentional in how you use it, technology can do that. Whether it's something like that, whether it's enjoying hobbies together. My mom and my sister this last year, multiple times, they live in completely different states. Um, got together, did like a FaceTime video, and painted together for like three hours, once every three or four weeks. And that technology brought them together in a way that they would have never had before. But a lot of it is just being intentional to say, hey, instead of being refreshed by watching six Netflix shows in a row, I'm just going to go call somebody I care about and see them face to face. That Now I can't do that like that instantly. Whether it's um, using just Simple things like uh, text messaging or social media to connect with old friends, to being purposeful in that. One of the things I've taken to doing is, and this might seem extreme, but um, to some of you, some of you are like, yes, I do that too, is I actually have a schedule of when I reach out to certain friends because I they're important to me and I don't want to forget them. So I have a scheduled plan of how often I text them, how often I reach out to them. They don't know that they came up in my task manager for the day, but that's a side of my care for them. Because I don't, want to, I don't want to let them go. And I know what I'll, what I'll do is if I don't see them regularly, they're just gone out of my life. And so I, I have some of this non-surprisingly automated where it's like, I care about this person. I'm going to write a message ahead of time. And that morning, it'll send it off to them. Because I had something I was thinking about them about. And I want to let them know that. And so those kinds of things. And then we start engaging in discussion. And I'm like, hey, can I call you later? And without that kind of planning and without that tech involved, there's no chance I have at that. But so many of us just let those opportunities flow by, myself included, where we're just not using what we have to actually care for each other, to bring people together. And I'm thinking, I'm talking specifically here about family, but a lot of this applies to what I'll say here in a few moments too. So maybe for you, you just say, hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to make a list of all of our distant relatives that we care about, that we just never, ever, ever see. And we're just going to say, hey, let's get on a FaceTime or a Skype call or Google Meet or whatever you choose, all right? And we're going to call them once um, this next week, and we're going to call somebody, and the next week we'll call somebody else because these people are important to me. And tech gives me the opportunity to connect not just over text or not just over phone, but actually face-to-face. -face. Um, so I, I encourage you to use it to bring it together as a family and then connect your family to others, and that's a lot of what we've already been talking about. So maybe for you, you say, you know what? Let's use tech as a way to actually care for people that we know. Maybe, it's, maybe you've moved away. We've had a lot of people here who have moved recently from other locations. Maybe you just say, hey, you know what? There are several people who just aren't connected to our family, and they're not places where I want to like, post publicly on Facebook everything my child is doing. But like Megan and I have a small little photo album that we share with lots of different friends, and that's where we put all our stuff for our kids. And that means we can dump a ton in there because they're there for that reason, and they can turn off their notifications. I would, all right? Um, but here they are, 
And now we can just, all throughout the day, we're giving updates on what our kids are doing, showing pictures, and like my, my, uh, my uh, sister's brother, or sister's brother, my sister's son, uh, my nephew, that's the word I was looking for, um, I guess about once a week he sits down and he looks through all the pictures from that week. And he's met his cousins twice. But they feel like they know each other. The other thing he does is he records videos of himself and posts them privately to YouTube and shares them with my girls. And my girls do the same with him, where they just like tell funny stories and all. Tech gives us those opportunities. And without those, they would never really know their cousin. And now when they get with him, like they did this last summer, they're immediately almost best friends because they've already had those kinds of connections. So using technology to bring us together, whether it's our family or others long, uh, far away. Maybe for you, you just say, you know what? I care about the people in this church, and I want to make it a pattern to actually reach out to people. While I can't sit down and have coffee with every single person here or sit down and have every single person over to my house, I'm going to be intentional in how I use tech. And every Monday, I'm going to find three people from the church and just text them and say, hey, I've been praying. I'm going to pray for you this week. How can I pray for you? Technology gives us that opportunity. And to avoid it is to avoid those extra connection points that we can have. And then finally, um, I want to encourage you to use technology to serve others rather than for self-promotion or even just self-focus. Speaking of the nudges that a lot of our today's technology gives us, that really is one of the main kind of motivations they give us to use technology. You know, your shows are your shows, and your, um, your social media profile is about you, or your experience are to promote your personal brand, all right? Um, now, I don't think a lot of us here are driven by that kind of thing, but neither are we driven by saying, how could I use what I have here to actually engage with somebody else meaningfully? And again, you don't have to be an expert on this kind of thing to get use out of it. You can use technology in this way to serve others, even if you say, hey, all I know how to do is pick up a phone. Now, I won't name anybody, but there's, there's somebody in this room who's really good at that, who just every three or four weeks gives a call, says, hey, how are you doing? It's a three-minute conversation. But that actually brings us together. And how many times have I even thought to do that kind of thing, right? Oftentimes, those of us, especially who might say, I'm not really into tech, you're missing out on opportunities as simple as a text or a call. You don't have to know how to put together a multimedia presentation to be a blessing to somebody right in tech. So I want to encourage us to essentially to be intentional and purposeful, to plan out how technology fits in our home. The biggest danger for most of us in this room is simply that we're thoughtless. And that means you're driven by the current. That means when the older fish goes by you and asks where the current has taken you, you're like, what current? I'm not really into tech. I don't really let that stuff affect me. What I'd encourage you to do is to actually have some principles in place. These four that I've mentioned, um, creating a home full of confession and forgiveness, safeguarding against your own heart, ruling technology rather than letting it ruling you, and then using it to extend your family's mission, I think is a good starting point for a framework. But as you can see, with the diversity in this room and the diversity of our experiences, you really need to purposefully sit down with God and plan out, how am I going to use this? And then have some checks on your own heart. Have some checks on your own spirit. Have some canaries in the coal mine, to use Pastor Greg's phrasing. Anything in this category that you say, you know what, here's a way that I've seen somebody else, or here's a way that I've used technology to really reach out to others, to draw myself closer with others, to serve other people, to experience things together rather than what would likely be apart, which is what normally would have to happen. Anything else you can say, hey, you know what, this is a way that I've seen somebody do this, or here's a way we've done this that's been a big help.
Yeah, Pastor Greg. This, let's pray. You're stopping a prayer. Well, there's lots of us who have been involved, but I think it is important. The gospel can be commended by the quality of what we do, so um, tech included. Um, anything else that uh, you say, hey, this has been a way that people have used technology to really reach out to me, to draw families closer together, maybe a way that you've done that in your own home. Sounds like we all have a lot of planning to do that. That's good. Well, I do, like I started with, it's, it's almost impossible to cover this in a way that's specifically helpful for everyone, but I hope some of the ideas I've given you have at least said, you know what, we just need to sit down and talk about it, and maybe a 10-minute conversation where you're just like, hey, let me just take 10 minutes with an open Bible and really plan out, like, what are some things I want to at least try to make important in the way I use tech in my home or for me personally? If you do that, that really has been the whole driving force of these three weeks is to get you to sit down and then what you'll do is you'll come up and say, you know what, I've got a question about this. Well, I am available. I'm not an expert. Um, and Megan and I already talked this week. I'm like, we really need to do this um, in our own home. 
because we just haven't in a lot of these areas. And uh, that's, I think, has been the biggest shock to me is how somebody who, I mean, I feel generally tech savvy, still is like, I, have, I just haven't given thought to these things. And I'm being driven by the currents. And you know whether uh, that will be very different for me than you, but all the same, um, this kind of purposeful use of what God's given us to harness it for good and to protect against uh, things that would be dangerous for us and our kids um, is really crucial when it comes to how we steward what God's given us. All right, well, let's pray. And like I said, if I can be a help to you, please let me know. Um, but we'll get ready for worship here. God, thank you for the tech you've given us, even though that these times we've spent together have been more like just trying to apply wisdom and less of the normal studies that we're used to. I do pray that you would help us to then take these um, principles and that we would take them and apply them to our individual specific lives. I pray you would help us to be um, to take advantage of the, the good things that technology gives us, to really commend the gospel, to commend um, care for each other and whether that's reaching out to each other or engaging in things together in a way that we couldn't without technology, whether that's just serving each other by using our gifts to um, technological or otherwise to care for each other and to, um, and to invest in each other. I pray that you would help us to, to not let this moment pass, but that even this week that each of us would sit down and really carefully think through how we plan to use tech and to do so in a way that would further your kingdom and deepen our relationships with each other. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you are dismissed. We've got seven or eight minutes here.